Hi, welcome to the Strategy Session Podcast. This month, Counselor has an in-depth report on veterans in the promo industry. Today, we're going to speak with one of those Patriots-turned-promo pros, Navy veteran Meg Erber. Meg is currently a self-described sales ninja for Top 40 supplier S&S Activewear. Well-known in the promo space, Meg previously worked for firms like Jetline and is an alum of Counselor's Hot List. Like other veterans, Meg is an interesting perspective to share on the intersection between military service and competing in business. So Meg, thank you for for being with us. Oh, not a problem. Thank you for having me. Yeah, so it's so it's an interesting topic. We think um, how how military service um, might kind of intersect with with business. But before we even get into that, can you tell us a little bit about your your service? You know, why did you decide to join the Navy? When were you in? All that kind of stuff. Yeah, no, definitely. Um, it's, a, it's a fun story, actually. I grew up. I was uh, one of five, and I was the only girl. I guess when when my brothers were going to law school and well, I was going to be a doctor. I'm sitting over here thinking I wanted to be a Marine. Okay. And <laughs> and then I decided in the Navy. I was really, I don't know, I think my, my grandfather was a captain in the Navy and I just felt like it was my calling and I actually wanted to be a Navy diver. So I had chosen a rate that was, um, I guess when you want to become something like that, I couldn't be a Navy SEAL. They weren't allowing women to do that at the time. So the next the next coolest job I think out there was being a Navy diver. Mm-hmm. So to do that, you almost had to have a, prere- a prerequisite job um, prior to that. And I became an interior communications rep, which um, I was dealing with propulsion alarms, fiber optics, um, anything that had to do with electricity, basically on a boat. Okay. So, um, yeah, I mean, it was, it was a lot of fun. I was way ahead of the time when it came to fiber optics. I mean, I went to school with fiber optics back in. 2000, and my gosh, like, we don't even have fiber optics where I live now. So, right, okay. Yeah, so, just, uh, like, I was a little ahead of the time when it came to that kind of stuff, but, yeah, I was, uh, I joined my high school boyfriend and kind of got separated after that because of that's the way it is, but, um, yeah, I loved it. I absolutely loved the Navy. So, so Very good how- learning experience. So how long how long were you in for, and what were what were some of the things that, that, that you were doing in, in your different roles? Yeah, sure. Um, well, I was in for a total of eight years. I joined when I was uh, 17. I left in August of 98. So I just turned 18, but I joined when I was 17. And going to Great Lakes for my boot camp and then one of my schools afterward. And then I moved to Norfolk. And I was, um, I actually became pregnant pretty earlier on in my Navy career. So I had to go to an air station first. Mm-hmm. Um, we weren't on a boat, but then after I had my daughter, Courtney, who is now um, 19, mm-hmm. um, I was sent off to the Eisenhower, and I was, they were on a med cruise, so we flew, they flew me over to Bahrain, oh, wow. and I met the boat out there, yeah. Um, it was really interesting just kind of seeing the different cultures when you're overseas, how everyone treats you, and, and it's a lot different now, I'm assuming, but um, yeah, it was... Uh, I'm sorry, I missed the question there. <laughs> no, no, you're, 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 yeah, you're fine. We're just we're talking about just the, the different capacities you were serving in, and and maybe some of the the experiences that that you might have. Is there, you know, um, if you're you know kind of sitting around having a couple of drinks with folks, and they and they say, what are what are what was the most interesting thing you did in the Navy, or one of your 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 standout experiences? What what kind of story would you share with them? Well, yeah, I, I will say that one of the experiences that I did share was the camaraderie. I'm still friends with so many of my brothers from my boat. And I, I mean, we go camping every year. And the, the camping trip went from about 
five of us to about 80 of us now, and it's all their families and friends and, and wives, you know, I've become all really close with. But when I was serving, um, when I, one of the things that really stands out for me is when we were going through the Suez Canal, and we were going uh, north, so I have Saudi Arabia to my right, you know, on the boat, and then I have Egypt to my left, and it was intense because yeah. the Suez Canal, I mean, I'm on an aircraft carrier, so you're going through this tiny little ribbon of, of, of water, basically. Mm-hmm. I mean, on the map, it just looks like a line. And, <laughs> and I mean, there was probably like less than a, gosh, less than 20, 30 yards on either side of the boat oh when there, there was land. So on the, on the right side, we have where Saudi Arabia was, it was just all desert. But on the left side, where Egypt was, it was actually very lush and tropical, but there was people in bunkers just sitting there with, with guns and staring at you. And mind you, this was right before the coal was bombed, too. So it was, it was a little intense over there. Um, but we were running a 5K on the flight deck while we were going through the Suez Canal, which was insane. Wow. Because, I mean, we're running the 5K on the flight deck. We're going through, and then there's people like, basically in bunkers with guns pointed at us. Oh, my word. But you don't, know, you don't really, it doesn't really hit you, I guess, because at that point in my life, nothing traumatic. There was no... I hadn't seen war, you know. It was it was like, all right, well, it it is what it is. And then a couple of days later, obviously the coal was bombed, so we, you're a little bit more on your toes after that. But wow. it was definitely an experience, just being and going through that and um, Bahrain, Jabali, all those places were very interesting culturally, just just very interesting. But yeah. that was one of my standout moments was going through this channel for sure. Yeah, it sounds and it's a cool one. So how how do you go from that to then joining the um the promo industry? How did that come about? Yeah. <laughs> well I came home and there were zero jobs in cyber optics, obviously. Mm-hmm. Um so I decided to go back to school mm-hmm. and I was in um I was pre med for a while, you know, I saw everyone starts out in the promo industry. <laughs> <laughs> um I I actually taken one class in advertising. It was my minor, and I just fell in love with it. And at the time, I was actually going through a divorce. I was, um, I just had my second daughter, and I decided to come home. Mm-hmm. Um, and I and I, uh, I I actually answered an ad on Monster dot com okay. for a um, for a website for a company that worked down at the Jersey Shore. It was mm-hmm. called I mean, you're just my little Mm-hmm. Um, here on the East Coast, Jersey Shore mostly. Anyone that comes down to the Jersey Shore that's not from New Jersey is called a shooby. Okay. Are you familiar with that? Uh, I, I no, I wasn't. <laughs> anybody else okay. um, that's not from New Jersey. So back in during the Great Depression and early on when people would come to the Jersey Shore, they would actually pack their lunches in shoeboxes, and then they would litter their shoeboxes all over the Jersey Shore. So oh, get out, really? It was an annoyance. <laughs> right, yeah. Sure. So then it was like, shoebies go home. And now it's kind of the traffic, and that's what they... Uh-huh. They're still called shoebies, anyone from Pennsylvania. <laughs> that's funny, that's so, funny. Yeah, so this company had a website called shoebies.com, and basically it was like a go-to website. I, you know, everyone had a free listing, and I was there to sell a premium listing. Mm-hmm. I don't think I sold a single premium listing, but they were. They said, "Hey, if you if they need to go into a business and they need T-shirts or pens or something, we also do that too." Okay. Well, I had their very first order of pens okay. um, from New. It was Norwood Souvenir Line at the time, and I took them to fastest growing distributor two years in a row. Wow. Um, the company's name was Gimme's dot com. Gimme, okay. Yeah, yeah, and I think honestly. It, being a veteran really got my foot in the door. I mean, they took me with barely any sales experience, mm-hmm. any, you know, I just had a variety of, of experience, I guess. My military really got my uh, got my foot in the door with them. And then that was kind of how it started. 
All right, so that that's oh, that's how it gets answer, going. Yeah. Now, um, you you kind of segued nicely there for us. You know, kind of what lessons did you learn, or, or I don't know if lessons is the right word, but what kind of things did you did you pick up during your time in military service that you've been able to apply to business to to help you be successful? Well, there's a really um, <clears throat> it's a famous speech by a general, and he starts off saying, you know, you make your bed every morning. Um, you do that, you start that simple task and you can, you can kind of focus and, and do anything almost. And it's a really, really good speech. It's touching. And, um, I kind of start with that guy. Like, I'm not saying I get up and make my bed every morning. I'm exactly, I'm not exactly a morning person, but, uh, I am a stickler for certain things that I did learn in the military, like the 45 degree angles on your bed. Like I, when I make my bed, I have to have 45 degree <laughs> angles. It drives nuts. Uh-huh. So, like, there's little things that you become stickled about, you know, when it comes to leadership and when things are right or wrong or if you see something, uh, you say something and you're not afraid. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of people that are afraid to say something. Mm-hmm. Um, most importantly, I, I do think the leadership qualities that it, it, it instilled in me, I, I use all the time. Anytime I see an accident, I am the first one to, to stop and pull over and make sure they are okay. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's something that they, they teach you almost in boot camp or before you go into boot camp, you know. You're the, you're the first responder, even mm-hmm. if you don't have any medical training, you, you get out there and you make sure that everybody's okay and you kind of lead the pack on, on, on getting the, the first responders there. So I've, I've always been that person that's, my gosh, I'm, maybe it's because I'm on the road all the time, but I'm constantly coming into accidents and, and being there. But um, leadership has really pointed me in the right direction in a lot of things. You know, not, not being afraid to take that next step or challenge myself uh, with a new career or a new job or... Um, just learning something new, really. And it's all, it's all I, I would like to say, I've kind of gone over a lot of fears becoming in the military. Mm-hmm. Uh, when I was, <clears throat> when I was on my ship, um, we were on an aircraft carrier, which is, which houses about 5,000 people. And when you're out to sea, any, most of the women are actually coming from the air squadron. So the people that are kind of stationed on the boat, there's not that many women. Maybe, I think total when you're out to sea, about 300 people um, of the 5,000 are women. Wow, okay. So when I went in there, yeah, when I left my boat, cause I didn't leave when they left. I left about a couple weeks later. So when I got there, I kind of had this, oh, she's a woman. She's going to take on the admin role. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, no, man, I, I went to school for what I'm learning here. I went on every single trouble call. I proved myself. And I think that's also helped me in management because... You know, you have to prove yourself. Mm-hmm. Um, you're the new guy or the new girl. You know, you got to prove your worth. And I think that's why I became such good friends with everybody. But mm-hmm. when I when I was at Jetline, for instance, I think this is kind of relates as well. Um, Eric uh, Levin, the owner at the time, he decided to um, move the company down to South Carolina. Mm-hmm. Um, they had just hired me probably about five to six months prior to that, and I moved down there with them. Mm-hmm. My initial goal was to go down and, you know, hire some sales sales people, customer service, train them, and then that would be my, my job, really. Um, first day down there, I realized uh, production was desperately needed, production help, mm-hmm. I guess, production management. And I had gone in there, really, and the first day, and I just kind of had to t- take over. And mm-hmm. I don't know if that was the control OCD in me, mm-hmm. but I just I saw that they were just doing some things that, you know, for instance, they were just printing a a black tree on a green non-woven polypropylene bag. And I'd be like, hold up. Okay. You can't even see that tree. Right. You've got to call the customer, you know. And then I, I ended up being the manager um, in the production. And I had, I didn't know anything about production. So mm-hmm. I had to teach myself. I had to teach myself how to print bags, how to pad print, how to 
you know, silk screen, the whole, burn a screen, the whole nine yards. And I taught myself that so I could lead the production facility. Mm-hmm. Um, I was there a year and I was able to leave because I, we implemented a quality control program, a tracking program. Um, everything was running smoothly. We were able to catch up on that 24 hour rush. So, you know, I completely, um, that's because of the military. That's because I had the organizational skills, leadership skills, and the motivation to literally tackle that head on with no experience. And I just did it because I, I needed to be done. You know, yeah, that's, that's I think that's how it helps. That's inc- that's inc- that's incredible because it it sounds like j- just you from the training it kind of gave you not only or not not gave you but it helped bolster your confidence and then yeah and then, and then it gave you kind of the skills about okay I don't know how to do this but that's okay I'm gonna figure out how to do it and it's kind of a whole approach or mentality that 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 you can yep. then apply is that is that a good way to put it. That's actually exactly right, and um, I know before our, we started talking, you said, you know, you don't, you don't own a business, um, but actually before I started at um, SNS Activewear, where I am now, I had started a business, and okay. I used that veteran card hardcore, and I used it really to get my foot in a lot of places, a veteran-owned, woman-owned business, mm-hmm. and it helped. I have no idea what I was doing. I'm just going to start a business. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And I mean, I did know a little bit. I was obviously was in the promotional product industry mm-hmm. since 2004, and it was a promotional product company. Mm-hmm. But, you know, I had the um, just the experience from being on all sides of the industry, being a distributor, being a supplier, being in production, um, to knowing that when something goes wrong, I know why, and I know how to fix it, or at least explain it to the customer and kind of make it work and spin it to so the customer understands. So I've been on all sides of it. So... Being the turn obviously helped me again um, start my own business. You know, okay. there was a lot of grants available, a lot of um, door openings available as well. Yeah, that's actually a great point, and it was something I wanted to talk to you about. Um, you know, it sounds like there are some unique opportunities that, that do exist for, for veterans out there. Um, just kind of can you lay out what some of them might be and, and maybe how, yeah. you, how, how you've leveraged them? Yeah, well, I mean, coming out of the, the Navy, I had, a, a, you know, no job, no really had no idea what I was going to do. And there's just a lot of, um, there's a lot of opportunities because if you don't know about them, then they don't really just present themselves. So you have the GI Bill, you have the college fund. Those two things alone put me through school and paid my housing expenses mm-hmm. because I'm at this point a single parent. Um, well, I was going on two kids at the, you know, by the time I left Texas. Mm-hmm. But, um, I was able to survive basically off my GI Bill and college funds. I didn't have to take out any loans. Um, there was a little bit of you know expense in the beginning when I had to put out the money up front for books and everything, but I was you know I was refunded for all that. So I was literally able to put myself through school um, because of the military and the funding that they provided me. And how? And about- now afterward, oh, go, go ahead. ahead no, no, I'm sorry, cut you off. Go ahead. Uh, no, no, it's okay. Um, and you know, there's always VA benefits. There's always um, you know, discounts available or people are always willing to help if you're a veteran or at least point you in the right direction or give you that career opportunity because you serve for the country. And it's it's definitely it's definitely helped me. I've never had any backlash because I was a veteran and people are always interested in hear, you know, my war stories, you know, quote unquote or mm-hmm. what I did and didn't do and it's always been, you know, always a good conversation and always had really good feedback because of it. And do you and are you able to use it in um 
in a, in a sales setting as well where where i mean do you find that you know say if you're sell, if you're if the, your potential client is another veteran does that help or does just the fact that you are a veteran in a sales setting do you feel like it gives you some more credibility or you, do you use it in that way as as well well um yes and yes there's a kind of two parts to that question um the first part is i when I go into my meetings, my sales meetings, I don't sit there and try to sell product. Mm-hmm. I really sell myself. I always come up and I tell a story. And part of my story is that I was in the military. Mm-hmm. Um, part of my military, or part of my story is that I do jiu-jitsu and self-defense and all this stuff. So I'm in there telling a story about myself. And so it does come up if people don't know me. Um, but also getting into a meeting, I, I'm i not going to mention the company's name, but I had a really hard time getting in there when I first started as mm-hmm. Um, the guy didn't really answer my emails or phone calls, and I just started doing a little bit of research and come to find out he was a combat army vet. And um, so I emailed him, and I, I used that card. I was mm-hmm. like, hey, I was in the Navy. I did this, X, Y, and Z. And we, uh, it, we really hit it off and became, a, you know, he became a really good customer of mine. And I, and I don't think he would have replied because some people kind of just don't want to be bothered by salespeople, sure. you know? They yep. just don't. And I was like, all right, I'm going to do one more, one more shot at this. And that was what kind of what snagged him. All right. It's, it, that's, so we had that equal connection. That's that's interesting. Now, um, a, a couple of things, or not a couple, a lot of what you've said uh, kind of shows the way that, that military training can, I, th- I think, be a, be a real benefit to, to you in, in competing in business and to how you just, just go about things. You know, what, if anything, then, could the promo industry do to encourage more, to m- more veterans to join our industry? Man, I would love that because there are so many vets that come out that don't have jobs because what they did in the military doesn't translate into the civilian world. Mm-hmm. And you don't realize that because, you know, I was so headstrong about being a Navy diver, which I never even got to do because I ended up breaking my ankle oh, like boy. five weeks into boot camp. And my my boyfriend's time and I had both gone in at the same time. So our parents were coming out at the same time to watch us graduate. And I was like... I'm not going to get set back. You will get set back for an injury or if you fail any tests or for anything, really. Mm-hmm. So every day, at every meal, I would ice my ankle and I would tape it with masking tape just to get through. So you have that form of mental toughness. So by the time I got out, my ankle was so screwed up. There was no, the guy program wasn't going to take me. So I still, I stayed within my rate. I learned it and it wasn't something that I wanted to do. But, you're, um, you're making me feel awful I, soft, Meg, I'll tell you. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm softer now. But yeah. I, you know, and I, I would say to, to everybody to not do that, you're, I now still have problems with that whole right side, like oh my, my hip, my knee, my ankle, because I was too, quote-unquote, tough to go to medical. But uh-huh. no, you go to medical, get take care of it, don't run on broken ankles for weeks. <laughs> <laughs> It's, it's, it, you know, you don't think about those things when you're younger. When you get older, it definitely comes back and haunts you oh. for sure. Um, but just, um, sorry, I don't. I, I no, figure where we were going. No, with that, you're but. fine. You're fine. You, we were talking about um, trying to encourage uh, more veterans to oh, yeah. join the yes, industry, yes, yes, and, yes, what, and yes. what and what could we maybe do to do that? Well, they, uh, I like I said, that is I by putting them putting. Um, Maybe that's a really good question. I would love to see more veterans come to this because there aren't a lot of jobs. That's where I'm going with that. Mm-hmm. There's not a lot of jobs that translate. Like, you know, I was in doing fiber optics 20 years ago. Mm-hmm. That's not even, there's barely a thing like where I live now. Mm-hmm. So maybe offering that when people are doing job posts, like we're seeking veterans. Mm-hmm. I think when 
people see that and those keywords come up in job searches, even if it's not something they did, trust me, they have the leadership. They have the the motivation. They are self-starters. They are all entrepreneurs. Like, deep down, they have that drive to the drive and the, the strive, all of it, to just want to be better all the time. So, like, I'm constantly trying to improve myself. Um, and it's, I'm very competitive because of that. So, um it's, I, I think that this industry would do, it would just do great for veterans. And I think veterans would definitely do well in this industry. So I, we, some type of recruitment, maybe they, if someone the military has their job fairs for people that are getting out, that we have a liaison and we have a point of contact here, whether it's with ASI or PPI or whoever, I think that would be, um, that would be an amazing opportunity just to have somebody there that would do the recruiting. Well, you know what? I think that's a fantastic suggestion, and maybe if there's um, any industry leaders uh, hopefully listening to this, that that's something that would get taken to heart. Um, I think we've seen through some of your examples that, that you've given that that leadership does translate well, even if you don't necessarily have the, the quote-unquote business or, or sales background, that kind of can-do attitude and organizational skills and, and, and competitiveness that, that you get through through military training. seems like it's, it's, a, it's a perfect fit for, for a business environment, so I, I think yeah, oh, I, think, I definitely agree. Yeah, I think I think you gave your uh, fellow veterans a pretty rainy, pretty good rating endorsement there. <laughs> oh, good. Yeah. Or Meg, just any yeah, think, any any final thoughts you wanna you wanna share with us, just on your on service, on business, and and how those two intersect. Um, go Navy. Okay. <laughs> Number one. Okay. Um, no, you know what? Like I said, it's just I loved my time in the military. I love the people that I met. They've become my closest friends still to this day. My friends that were there when my daughter was born, they came to my daughter's graduation. Like, Mm -hmm. you meet the best people. They become your brothers. They become your sisters. They become your family. Um, You know, it's always good to have that. Even if you you don't talk for four or five years, you you pick up right where you left off. And it's good to have that. And it's good to, you know, I find other veterans in in our industry. it's It's like we still share that common ground baseline where we're like yeah and then we pick up it's just because we have that mentality we worked hard when i was in the navy when we were out to sea we had 12-hour shifts on and 12-hour shifts off but on our 12-hour shifts off we had a four-hour watch so essentially we're working 16 hours um and you know that it would really suck if we had a four-hour watch in the middle of our 12 hours off because you would get off shower go to bed for a couple hours get back up go do a watch, go back to bed for a couple hours. So, you know, you have that, like, work hard, you know, mm-hmm. but then you play hard mm-hmm. afterward. But mm-hmm. you definitely have to work hard. There isn't an option. Other people's lives depend on it. So I think because you are, it's just drilled into you that you have to do this, that their lives depend on you doing your job right. If I don't, if I'm on watch and I don't go, and I have, like, 12 stops I have to make at these load centers, and I skip one every day, and then that one shuts down or breaks down or catches fire, then, then we're on a boat. There is a fire on a boat in the middle of the ocean. So people's lives are at stake. So yeah. you have to do your job. And if you don't do it, then, you know, it's people's lives depend on it. So I think when you meet other people that are like that, you know that what they've been through. You know that they've had to go go through those same exercises, those same drills, those, that same work ethic, and you kind of have that mutual respect. 
Well, that's awesome, and that's a really good place to end. Meg Erber, thank you so much for being on with us today. I think you had some really great insights, and, and hopefully um, more folks out there who are in positions to hire in our industry will give veterans um, even more consideration than they may have done as a result of that. So that's Meg Erber with SNS Activewear. Meg, thanks so much. Thank you so much, Chris. I really appreciate it. It was fun being on. Thanks again.